This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Canadian and Cuban music artist Alex Cuba has won a Grammy. We reintroduce him to you because we had him on the Shift last year. Spoiler alert, nobody was slapped on the stage of the Grammys. Uh, this year, just so you know. Ryan O'Donnell, Millennial on the Radio, celebrates Kyle Lauer's return to Toronto and looks at the sneaker that could probably should have stayed locked in the vault. There's a poll you'll find out on shiftheads.ca about that as well. And are you okay with donkeys and transformers or donkey transformers and, and guard donkeys? Figure it out. It's coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Let's oh, Grammy Awards night here uh on the tv and a pretty cool night for so many people if you like to watch some of the tv shows christopher polk won an award which is wicked uh he's on the stephen colbert show he's the music guy very very talented and um there's so much that happened my god anderson pack won so much more with uh, bruno mars with silk sonic the list goes on and on and on some big names didn't win anything there was one moment that I think was very, very well done. And let's get that clip before we start here. Um, it was Vladimir uh, Zelensky from Ukraine, the president. He made a speech on the Grammys on the TV. He called attention to the civilians and families caught in the crossfire. Talked about music, how the music impacts Ukrainians right now. Um, and all of this is happening as Russian forces continue to bombard their cities with bombs and shelling. The war. What's more opposite to music? The silence of ruined cities and killed people. Our children draw swooping rockets, not shooting stars. Over 400 children have been injured and 153 children died. And we'll never see them drawing. Our parents are happy to wake up in the morning in bomb shelters, but alive. Our loved ones don't know if we will be together again. The war doesn't let us choose who survives and who stays in internal silence. Incredibly poetic, the things he said. And what great reminders to everybody who celebrates in music to be uh, just grateful of all the things uh, that they were celebrating at the award show that night or on Sunday night, which is fantastic. I think that was a great speech. You know, these award shows often get political. They, um, you know, we, people, it's not like sort of the Olympics where it's not supposed to get political. When people have a stage and they're willing to take it with that many people, they often will take it for what they believe in. And I guess if you've worked so hard to be nominated for a Grammy and then you win one, how you choose to spend your time in front of the world is really up to you. Now, Vladimir Zelensky has been um, so good in his communication to the people around the world, plus in his country, in his own country. And I just would like to give him credit that I think that, I, you know, when this war is over and he comes out of this okay and maybe he retires from the presidency, I, he's got a fantastic future. I'm Batman. As that guy. He's, that's amazing. Sounds just like him. It's fantastic. I like listening to the guy. I talk about leadership quite often here on the show, and I, I like the kind of leadership that he says. Now, you got to keep in mind, we don't hear the internal politics inside the country of good or bad and all that stuff. We only hear one side of it, but pretty remarkable. Now, to look at the list of all of the um, award winners and everything else, this is really cool. I mean, there's so many cool uh, winners here. Silk Sonic, Leave the Door Open wins for record of the year there was one person i was really kind of rooting for it was brandy carlisle with her right on time album sort of coming back into it album of the year jean baptiste um the list goes on and on there's a lot of people that didn't win that you kind of thought were going to win song of the year again which was um leave the door open and silk sonic the best new artist olivia rodrigo um driver's license best solo uh performance Best Pop Duo, Doja Cat and SZA. I'm sure you know who that is. Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album was Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, Love for Sale, which was amazing. Lady Gaga has just proven herself to be so remarkable with what she's been doing, including with Liza Minnelli uh, at the awards last week. Incredible. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, Sour. That was fun because... We talked about Olivia Rodrigo last year here on The Shift when we did our uh, biggest songs of the summer, biggest songs of the year. And, and I mean, we, we guessed here on The Shift that that was going to be one of the biggest songs of the year from her. And turns out it was. Um, pretty cool stuff. So the list goes on and on and on, of course, of everybody who gets it. The Foo Fighters, Making a Fire is the winner. Let me ask you this question. I don't want to sound cold or callous, but if you're an award show, 
And something happens to the Foo Fighters like that has happened in the last couple of weeks with their drummer dying. Can you give the award to anyone else? Or is that just good politics to do it that way? And I don't want to diminish the work of the Foo Fighters because you have to understand, I believe they have a record now for the most Grammys of all bands in rock. They're clearly amazing. But is that one of those things that, you know, that they do because of what they've been through in the last week before the show? I don't know. I, I've i always wondered, because it seems to always happen that way, right? Like someone gets sick, or then they get old, and they die, and then they win the award. And it makes you wonder if it's more of a nod to their legacy versus all that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just creating conspiracies here. The intro to all of this was really great, by the way, with Trevor Noah, uh, keeping people's names out of our mouths, which was fun. We will get that for you later here on The Shift. We have a connection to the Latin category on The Shift. I know you might not believe that, but it's true. Last year in the summertime, we had Alex Kuba on, and Alex is a Canadian, and he won a Latin Grammy last year. And then this year, he wins a Grammy Grammy for Mendo, which was the best Latin pop album at the Grammy Grammys. And so to introduce you to this Canadian who has won two Grammys in two years in the Latin categories, this is my conversation with Alex Cuba from last summer. And some time with you, just the two of us. We can make it if we try, just the two of us. Hey, yeah, the two of us. Now, that song is, of course, familiar to you. That version might not be Alex Cuba and uh, just the two of us. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's The Shift. Thanks for being here. Now, Alex is an interesting cat. I've just been recently introduced to Alex because Ryan was digging around on the Internet and found at Ryan Loves Shoes, found a story about his costume going into the Grammy Hall of Fame in L.A., and Alex is Canadian. Uh, so we were like, well, if he's Canadian, let's uh, let's talk to him. And Alex Kuba is right here with us today. Alex, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. We do have a little bit of delay on the, uh, on the Internet connection here, so I'll do my best to not cut you off in this conversation, but such is life on the Internet today. Alex, you as a Canadian and your music and Grammys – it's not something that most Canadians would think that happens, but it's happening. It has happened so much so they're putting your clothes in the museum. Yeah, I was um, I was surprised by that too. Uh, the outfits that they are, well, that they have now in exhibition down at the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles, is the outfit that I wore to my performance at the Latin Grammys last year. You know, Latin Grammys 2020. In November, I traveled all the way down to Miami to perform at the Latin mm-hmm. Grammys. I was invited. I was also nominated. And, um, and uh, yeah, a few months after that, they got a hold of us and wondering if I was, um, you know, okay to send them my outfit for them, you know, for the Grammy Museum to put on display. And I, we thought it was a very cool thing. So I didn't mind giving up my brand new leather converse. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Um, now, this is a big deal. I mean, the Latin Grammys, I mean, going and, and being a part of it, being nominated, winning, and all those pieces, I mean, that's amazing in itself. But really, when you think about this, Alex, your you know, your work, your outfit, your brand new leather converse that you wanted to wear to shows, they're going to be on display, and it's surrounded by some pretty amazing artists. And when I throw these out there for the audience to hear, you know, your stuff is on display with... Lionel Richie and, you know, Megan Thee Stallion and Taylor Swift. And these are people that are in the Hall of Fame with some of their uh, their displays. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, it feels amazing. I feel that, um, you know, somehow it's one more, one more a sign of recognition to, you know, to what I do, uh, to, to my music, to what, what has been my life in music in Canada, you mm-hmm. know. So it feels really cool. It was really good. How strange is it to uh, be a Latin Grammy Award winner and be uh, Canadian and living in Smithers? That's a that's a formula for success nobody thought of. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
<laughs> you got that right, I think. Because not even me um, saw it coming, you know, for, for sure. And let me tell you something that I'm, I'm also proud of. I am the first Canadian to ever win a Latin Grammy. Wow. Um, the second one, the second one is Nelly Furtado, and she won on the album that I actually collaborated with her. And she won twenty minutes later than me that night. Oh, really? Uh, Ten years, eleven years ago in Vegas. Yeah, I now um, I have I have won four Latin Grammys, and um, you know I I don't talk a lot about it, but uh, people are starting to ask me a lot about it. Just like you just did, you know, um, because it's weird. People can't put, you know, those two together. The fact that I live so far away from everything, you know, and and these things are happening to to me, to my career. I, I guess it's, it's enough for people to wonder, you know, how can a human being make that happen, you know? Um, the best that I, can, that I can say is focus and dedication and, and you know, aim at the world, even though I'm in a little tiny town in Northern BC, my focus, my aim is the world. I have to be, I have to, I make music thinking of the world, not, not only thinking of Canada even, you know? So um, mm. I guess that, that mentality helps to achieve some goals, you know? Well, there's a path here that I can't help, but you know, it hits my heart a little bit, Alex, in that you were born in Cuba you know, you meet people, right? You meet some people, they come into your, li- your life, you end up getting married, you move to Canada. And now, how, where would you be, Alex, if you hadn't met Sarah, if all these things hadn't come in? I mean, the gratitude that you carry in your heart for all of these things coming together, m- m- it must be rust run deep. Yeah, very deep, very deep. I also have made sure in my life that every decision, every move we ever make, every decision we ever make, uh, is, is it comes from the heart. You know, um, we, we we follow the heart. When I say we, it's my wife and I. We we have no other choice. Uh, it, it was my decision to come to live in Canada because I felt musically a connection to the rest of the world, not only Cuba. I wanted to expand on and to capitalize on that connection that I was feeling, maybe it was a, a desire to to reach further, you know, uh, beyond my culture, beyond my my own music, you know. And so we came, but Sarah wanted to live in Cuba. She actually loves Cuba very much. Mm-hmm. And she lived down in Cuba with me for, for almost two years at the beginning of our relationship. Uh, I don't, you know, take it off the table that maybe one day we'll go back to live, live in Cuba, you know, um, mm-hmm. life... It's about movement, I guess, you know, you, you got to keep it moving, right? And, um, but yeah, I, I feel very grateful, very grateful for everything I have, or we have manifested. Sarah That's is my true. right hand. She studied anthropology in the, in the university, Simon Fraser University. But uh, we met and, and very soon came our first child. And, and um, so she never really, really practiced uh, anthropology. In fact, I mean, instead, what she did was to join, join my 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 team, join my my operation, my music, a, a desire to take over the world with, you know, and uh, and uh, yeah, she's been she's been my my business manager from the beginning. Well, it's a beautiful story, and it's really cool to see you know those Grammy awards over your shoulder on our call, and be able to see them sitting there, and then I. What it what I think it really takes down is to to everyone who gets to hear this story, Alex, is that you know you put in the work, you do it. Anything is really possible. If you, I mean, born in Cuba and then to win Latin Grammys from you know small town British Columbia, just goes to show that anyone can do it if you put in the work. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a story of dedication. That's how I want people to see it. You know, of course, hopefully people see it that way. And not because of my afro. Oh, he has a nice afro. So maybe he makes he, he wins Grammys because he has a nice afro. Well, you do have a nice. You do have fantastic hair. As a guy who has straight <laughs> hair, I'm very jealous of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, for sure, for sure, anything is possible. Anything is possible. You have to follow your heart and think. And as cliche as that could sound, in, t- in 2021, I still believe in, in that. You know, you have to follow 
follow your heart. There is no other way out. You know, to be honest with you, up to this date, people still ask me, when did you make the decision to become a musician? And I said, my, my answer is always the same, uh, which is, I don't remember ever making that, making that decision. I just really? roll with that. It was what, what my heart was happy doing, you know? And I said, okay, this is it. But the decision to become a professional musician had never really made it. That just Life just took me on a journey. And, and I'm happy to be here talking to you today about it, you know? So. Well, thank you very much for doing just that. Alex Cuba has uh, been nominated for Grammys, nominated and won Latin Grammys four times. And so much so that they're taking his, they're stealing his clothes and his favorite shoes and putting it in the museum for a year. So pretty cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, that I couldn't believe when I saw. To be quite honest, I did, I couldn't believe when I saw the tweet that the Grammy Museum sent when they the, the exhibition began uh, about five days ago or three days ago. And when I saw my name, yeah, right beside you know Lionel Richie and Taylor Swift and, and people like that, I was like, wow. I guess this is a, I guess this is pretty cool, you know. <laughs> oh my God, this is pretty cool, and um, and so. Does that mean we can look forward to a Latin cover of a Lionel Richie song? <laughs> but who knows? Now that my outfit is down at the at the museum, at the Grammy Museum, maybe maybe it's my uh, it's a good excuse to do a Lionel Richie since I'm right beside him. Um, cover, who knows? Like uh, hello. It's a day Yeah, you have to. Yeah, right. Oh, that's beautiful. I didn't mean to interrupt. The um, but if you could do like a hello into an all night long kind of thing, you know that. See, that would be see that would be super fantastic, right? And hey, and you can't go wrong with Bill Withers. I mean, just cover all of them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's my favorite. My favorite single songwriter. Lovely day. Oh, a doubt. Uh, lovely day. Yeah, I was just listening to that. I was just listening to that on the car as we travel back to Smithers from Vancouver two days ago. So yeah, it was. It's, it is definitely. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. You know, songs like that. Oh my God. So don't I don't know Time she goes away. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing music. Oh, it's, it's music that's that's it's beautiful. I could listen to it all day. Uh, Alex, you need to come back. Uh, when you see Sarah, do me a favor and just give her a big hug and say that's from everyone on the shift um, for being, you know, part of what created all of this. Because if she hadn't have gone to Cuba and made that decision. Uh, we wouldn't get the chance to be here so many years ago, having an impact that ripple effect on life. So, so far down the road, um, what brought her there um, gives us this today. And for that, I'm grateful. Thank you very much. I will. That's a conversation we had with Alex Kuba uh, last year. And um, on Sunday night, he wins best Latin album at the Grammys. How cool is that? We do have invites to bring Alex back on. I, as you can imagine, he's busy. Smithers, BC, man. That guy's making a making a force around the world in Latin music. It's Canadian from Smithers. It's the Shift Podcast. Good morning. Thank you very much for listening to the Shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. Um, it's time for us to dig into the mind of the millennial. Here's Ryan O'Donnell. The millennial on the radio. Ryan O'Donnell. All right, Ryan O'Donnell. Uh, on the shift here, I wanted to talk about. Um, he's going to let us know here. It looks like he's lost his connection quickly. I'm You're here. Back? I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Hello. Uh, well, hang on. Well, let me. Um, let me meet you and let me do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, hey, there it is. I was. Dude. I was going to queue up the fact that we're going to talk about uh, Drake here in a minute and I basketball. Know, yeah. um, I was mm-hmm. kind of excited by that. Um, and a basketball court. Like literally the court. So I'll let you take over, and then we'll chat about that coming up next. Yes, let's uh, start with a uh, an interesting story. I wanted to shout out uh, a couple of shift heads on the Facebook page who reached out to me about their shoes. People are sending me the shoes they buy on Facebook, and it makes me incredibly fun. happy. 
I'm I'm the shoe guy, you know, like I love sneakers. It's an addiction. I know it, it's a problem, but there's this story in the world of sneakers that happened over the weekend that I actually think can relate to a lot of things happening in the world that have nothing to do with sneakers. Bear with me. I know many of you are not fans, but it's time to talk about Kanye West. So uh, Kanye West, yay, very controversial. I will not deny that, uh, but a brilliant fashion designer, insanely impactful and influential music artist. I am a fan. I'm, it's well documented. I am a fan. Uh, his sneaker design in particular, I'm obsessed with his design, his shoes. I think they're fashion forward. They're futuristic. They tie into retro ideas as well. And they're incredibly comfortable and fun to wear. Uh, he's changed the game for so many. Uh, in fact, I now own more Yeezy shoes than Nikes, which is kind of weird to think about. I but, thought you were going to uh, say you own more Yeezy shoes than Yeezy, which is possible. Uh, no, definitely not. You should see there's a picture. Vanity Fair did an interview with him two years ago. And there's a picture of him sitting in a circle of like a mosaic that has to be at least like a thousand pairs of shoes all in this arranged beautifully. <laughs> Ridiculous amount of shoes. Uh, now, this story, we're going to go back in time a little bit to 2015. Uh, because years ago, Kanye was in a different place. I am the number one most impactful artist of our generation. I am Shakespeare in the flesh. Walt Disney, Nike, Google. Now, who's going to be the Medici family and stand up and let me create more? Or do you want to marginalize me till I'm out of my moment? Or why don't you empower yourself and don't hmm. need them and do it yourself? Halfway. You take a few steps back to go. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't hey, got the answers. I'm really glad I could see Tim's mouthing, you ain't got the answers to that. That's an iconic Kanye moment. Uh, a little yeah, He was very, he spent some time being very angry. Mm -hmm. Very unhinged. I think that was right after his mom died too. Um, very unhinged back then. Now, not long after that interview, he dropped a shoe that blew the world of sneakers up. It was the Yeezy 350. We're now on the 350 V2s, and I have three pairs of the V2s, but I Just have so no you know, pairs of the v Dropped a shoe doesn't actually mean dropped a shoe. It means no. put it up for sale, and people yes. uh, bought it. That is called a, a drop. Mm -hmm. uh, in today's world, also get off my lawn. But just so you know, it's not like it's like, oh, I dropped my shoe, which many people may <laughs> think that that is a thing. I, a, I don't even think about it. Like the lingo has changed my thoughts so much. <laughs> uh, so good flag on that. I appreciate that. So anyway, he no, that's OK. He dropped the shoe with his first, his second shoe uh, type of shoe with Adidas after he left Nike, uh, the 350. And uh, the first colorway was uh, and colorway is just the colors on the shoe was the <laughs> turtle dove colorway uh which uh is like cream white and black uh this people went nuts for this shoe like robberies uh four-hour line queues uh insane resale prices if you have a pair of these in box they are worth up to six to seven thousand dollars brand new right now thousands of dollars uh, and they've never restocked many of his shoes have but these have never hit the shelves again however there is now a rumor that the turtle dove for the first time since 2015 will be back this summer and i don't like it i don't what? think it should come back i don't think it should come back allow me to explain um you know how terminator came out in the 80s and it was incredible it revolutionized action movies iconic lines iconic scenes and then they tried to redo it like 20 30 years later and it just sucked it just didn't mm -hmm. work that's how i feel about this shoe despite the fact that it's less than 10 years old i think it's a little dated the design i think the new version of the shoe is a big improvement and this is a collector's item that has been completely ruined by fakes the bootleg market for this shoe was ridiculous there are more fakes than real ones out there to the point where if i see someone wearing them in public i assume they are fakes so there's a little bit of stigma on the shoe i don't think it looks fantastic and 
I think the market is just going to crash when these come out. However, I'm curious your thoughts. So what I have done on the Facebook page right now, I've created a little poll. I have put up a picture of the turtle doves and a pair of the wave runners, a shoe that I just got. The wave runners came out originally in 2017. And my question for you is simple. Which one do you think works better today? Both of these were over five years and still being made. Which one would you rather rock? Uh, we're growing a little sneaker community on the shift head Facebook uh, group. And I'd love to see it grow. And I'd love to see your thoughts. Hmm. All right. There mm-hmm. you go. Conversation about the sneakers, shiftheads.ca. If you want to go check it out, big night in Toronto on Sunday, big night. Kyle Lowry comes back. Yes. The man, the myth, the legend. I mean, it, to say, I, I think he is probably top five most important athletes in Toronto history and maybe even in Canadian history for his impact on sport in Canada, of course, basketball and the greatest Toronto Raptor of all time. Uh, now he has left the team. He's with the the Miami Heat now. But uh, as a Raptor, he spent years with the team and he led us out of the literal basement of the NBA to like a dumpster fire to an incredible, <laughs> unremarkable championship. In the annals of Toronto sports, Kyle Lowry's name looms much taller than the guard's six-foot frame. He's the face of the franchise for the Toronto Raptors, but a basketball player who had a shaky start here nine years ago. Guy with a okay, iffy reputation and, and as a bit of a hothead and, and a guy who butts head with coaches to this beloved, beloved teammate. Lowry made his mark with the team and the fans during the Raptors' 2019 playoff run, ending with a first-ever championship. Off the court, Lowry was frequently just as entertaining. So we have a, a special guest here. Like taking a press conference phone call from his friend, the rapper Drake. I'm his translator. <laughs> you know you're not. No. Or when he received an honorary doctorate from Acadia University this spring. No, I will not respond to anything other than Dr. Lowry. What kind of doctor are you going to be? Dr. Letters or doctor of what? Doctor of greatness. <laughs> At the same time, Lowry connected with people through his charitable foundation and his motivating words. How will you pay it forward? What will be your impact on your community? In Lowry Square in East Toronto, a street sharing the superstar's name. We're very proud as a Torontonians. A young family moved into their house just a couple of days ago, just as Lowry moves out of the city. I know it's, it's hard to say goodbye to him, but we could, we could still see him like in other court. It hurts, but uh, he, he has to be one of the greatest Raptors of all time. It's sad. He's the, you know, first of all, the greatest Raptor of all time. Lowry's moving to the Miami Heat for a reported $90 million three-year contract and a shot at another championship ring. It's going to be a little weird to watch a Raptor team without him. It is very weird to watch a Raptor team without Kyle Lowry. However, uh, on Sunday, Kyle Lowry played his first game in Toronto since the trade to Miami, and he received a ridiculously long standing ovation as earned. Uh, He also had a very touching reunion video, which I wish I could play for you, but I cannot uh, due to some, you know, copyright and all that fun stuff. I would suggest you go check it out on the proper channels that you can find it. And I mean, it's, it's funny because Kyle Lowry is one of those athletes. I think the NBA has a huge problem of loyalty where these superstars come to teams and make big promises and then it doesn't go their way and then they just leave. Kyle Lowry was never that. Kyle uh, accepted a deal to the Knicks uh, years and years ago. And at the last second, the Knicks owner, James Dolan, pulled out. And that season, the Raptors, I believe, sweeped the Knicks and went to the playoffs while the Knicks did not. Kyle Lowry has been with this team through thick and thin. And he left on great terms, kind of like how Jerome McGinley left made a legacy with his original team, knowing that would always kind of be his team, but had to move on because of the direction the team was going. And, uh, you know, I was sad when Kyle left, but also understood. And one of the amazing things about Kyle is he is always, even though he's from Philly, has always shared his love for Toronto and for Canada and has said many, many times that the day he retires, he will sign a one-day contract with the Raptors so he can retire a Raptor, which is such a classy move. Um, he's also said that he will always have a place to live in Toronto. 
I do think that's one of the magical things about that city. Uh, and I just, what a class, it's so refreshing. What a classy athlete, what an incredible legacy he's left. The Raptors lost, <laughs> of course they lost. And, uh, the, they, Kyle wins in Toronto as a non-Raptor, of course. Uh, but I don't really think anybody really cared about the game. They just cared about seeing Kyle on that court one more time. Uh, once again, uh, regardless of what Jersey he was wearing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was a very happy as a Raptors fan tonight despite the loss uh his team has been pretty hot with each other yes my they've had some fights on the court and arguments with the coaches and like it's not the same kind of team and there was the the, a couple weeks ago they had that skirmish there between the players and the coach and lowry just kind of walks away so he probably misses uh his raptors where he was such an important part of them although Mm -hmm. i can give i can think of 90 million reasons to put up with some of those other hotheads yeah, for a couple of years, so much money, so much, so money, much money, and um, and no wonder why there's not a lot of loyalty, the loyalty to yep. the dollar. But if he's going to come back, I mean, we've seen that with a lot of uh, NHL teams too, right? Guys that make their legacy with a the team, they come back, they sign a one day contract, uh, they retire as that um, as that player, which is cool. Now, because of his friendship with Drake, and you heard it in that clip there, the OVO brand floor was used which is interesting as drake's record label and yep. they had the owl which the logo is an owl they had that mm-hmm. owl on the floor it's um great logo. ovo sound right and um you know there's uh, what are the october's very own or whatever they call it it's october's very own because he drake was born in october yeah, and so OVO Sound, they see a lot of the young kids, they wickedly expensive clothing, and my son's, there was mm-hmm. like a stupid I amount of money some. for a pair of shorts. <laughs> do you have them? How yeah, much do you shorts. pay? I have uh, I have a cargo jacket uh, that, uh, sorry, I have a jacket and pants that together were $400. Oh my God. Anyway, it was cool because the Raptors used the Drake floor uh, with Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry coming back to play the game. Pretty classic Very stuff. Toronto. This is The Shift Podcast. Good morning. Thank you for listening to The Shift here. I'm Shane Hewitt, Ryan O'Donnell's in Calgary. Dr. Tim French filling in on the buttons in Vancouver. What do the Grammys sound like this year? Well, this is an interesting conversation, isn't it? Because when we talk about the Grammys and who the winners are and who the losers are, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting conversation to get into. So how about this? You ready? Back in 1991 was the Grammys for 1990. It's the previous year. That's how this works, by the way. It's the previous year that the Grammys are for. So it's not really for this year, but it is for the previous year. So the 33rd annual Grammy Awards were held in 1991. They were for 1990. Let's throw out some of the winners so you can understand what the artists and are they familiar to you? For example, record of the year, Phil Collins won that one for another day in paradise. Other nominees included Mariah Carey, MC Hammer, Bette Midler, Sinead O'Connor. Album of the year was uh, Quincy Jones. Song of the year, Julie Gold. I uh, was performed, uh, Brett Miller, uh, Bette Miller, excuse me, not Brett. Um, best new artist, Mariah Carey. Other nominees included the Black Crows, the Kentucky Headhunters, Wilson Phillips, Lisa Stansfield. These are all familiar to most of us, right? Like when we look at it, that's all familiar. When we get into, uh, country music, uh, you start to get into Vince Gill, Kentucky Headhunters, Chet Atkins, uh, Allison Krauss is there as well. When you get into some of the, uh, where did it go? I lost it. Oh, pop. Mariah Carey, Roy Orbison's remake, Oh, Pretty Woman. Aaron Neville, Linda Ronstad. Uh, you've got Anita Baker in R&B, Luther Vandross, Ray Charles, MC Hammer. MC Hammer for rap, Big Daddy Kane. This is cool, actually, by the way. Ice-T, Cool Modi, and Melly Mel back on the block, which was amazing. A tribute to Bob Marley for reggae recording in the rock and roll category. Alana Miles, Eric Clapton, Aerosmith, Van, uh, Vaughn Brothers in Living Color and Metallica, Stone Cold Crazy. These are, this is all familiar to us. Now, are some of the artists from this year familiar to you? So we thought we would say, what do the Grammys sound like this year for you? Well, we have the album of the year is Silk Sonic. Now, Silk Sonic 
is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock. And it sounds uh, like this. See if you recognize it. It's very sexy, actually. Now, not only did this one win Record of the Year, it also won Song of the Year over Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish, um, Ed Sheeran, and more. What you do? What you do? Where you at? Where you at? Oh, you got plans. You got plans. Don't say that. Shut your trap. I'm sipping wine. I love it. I look too good. Look too good to be alone. Love it. All right. A little Nas X, Song of the Year, too. Okay. Uh, Jean-Baptiste is from The Colbert Show. He won Album of the Year with We Are. Best new artist, Olivia Rodrigo. Now, Olivia had the driver's license song, which is really sad. Uh, she is a young lady who is, she was inspired by Taylor Swift. So that tells you a lot. But this song, last summer, we talked about this being the biggest song of the year. I think it ended up being number two. And so, good for you. It was a fantastic song. Kind of cranks a little bit like a... Avril Lavigne style. Right? So best pop performance this year was Olivia Rodrigo with the sad song Driver's License. Best pop duo. Ryan has a big crush, I think, on Doja Cat. Just saying. Who doesn't? Like, it's, it's Doja Cat, man. <laughs> Me and Laura and I are, like, equally just, like, anytime we see Doja Cat, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's Doja Cat. Not just because she's yep. attractive. She's just seems really cool mega artist mega skilled incredible right so are we gonna look back on this year's music with doja cat the same way that we look back on phil collins right that's always the question yeah you don't know um other winners uh tony bennett lady gaga best traditional pop vocal album olivia rodrigo wins again Rufus Del Sol wins. By the way, if you like dance music, Rufus Del Sol, you got to get that. Uh, take a little look at all of his music. Tiesto was in there too, did not win. Rap album, Tyler the Creator wins over Drake and J. Cole, Nas and Kanye. Yay! So it's a, it's an incredible um, it's an incredible list. Kanye did win, by the way, with Jay-Z for Jail and Best Rap Song. And then um, Alex Kuba, Mendo, Canadian, writes, wins right there. So this is what it sounds like inside pop this year the one thing that we do need to note is the rock song and that was the foo fighters because uh foo fighters had a bad week now they've set a record by the way for the most grammys for a rock group with this i think it's 15 um which is remarkable but i wanted to get making a fire of course their uh, drummer passed away this week um by the foo fighters crushing it like they do So this is uh, as opposed to Metallica winning, you know, at 1990. Good stuff, man. All right, I love it. Are you okay? Is a little segment that we do here um, on the shift. Now we uh, we've got a uh, a rookie here on the buttons, so we're gonna work with him. Doctor Tim's ready to go. So um, what we do is we ask you, are you okay with this? We bump the space bar and play the song some more. <laughs> and then we talk about it. You ready to go, Tim? You got this? Are you okay with Transformers? Oh, yeah. I, you can yeah. kill it now. Like the That's TV show. Oh, yes. <laughs> the next the TV show, the toys, the lore. Uh, I met the voice actor for Megatron like and Soundwave, and he uh, voiced something for me and He's just a nice dude, Frank Welker. Also voices Scooby Doo mm. for a diverse cast. Ruby Roo, uh, really? Yeah, really. Yeah, uh, I love Transformers. It's kind of dorky, yeah, but it's also just objectively really cool. After sitting in the chair for the four hours of the show, I often feel like a Transformer when I stand up. This sound happens when I get up. Yep, it's our backs. <laughs> yeah, stretch it out. Um, what about Michael Bay's take on transforming toys, question mark? What you're about to see is totally classified. Dear God, what is this? We're under attack! We're facing war against a technological civilization far superior to our own. Our enemy can take any shape. They could be anywhere. 
Bay's movies have received mixed and very, very negative reviews, but big explosions make big money with cool sound effects. It's the 13th highest grossing film series, $4.8 billion as a gross. So with that in mind, how does Michael Bay feel about his franchise? While promoting his new action flick, Ambulance, Bay admitted that Transformers executive producer Steven Spielberg originally told him to walk away once a trilogy was complete. He says about Transformers, I made too many of them. He told Unilad in the UK. Steven Spielberg said, just stop at three. And I said I'd stop. And the studio begged me to do a fourth. And then I made a billion. Uh, then that made a billion, too. Then I said, I'm going to stop there. Then they begged me again. I should have stopped. But they were fun to do. Too many of them, do you think? Yes or no? Yeah. The uh, the spinoff movie, Bumblebee, uh, is one of my favorite movies the past couple of years. That's an amazing coming-of-age movie. But the... The ones Bay made after three were unwatchable. The third one was good, and the second movie is horrible. So, I mean, it's it's really back and forth, but the franchise got so unbelievably bloated that it was difficult for them to reboot it with Bumblebee. I think they've re-interested. They've got um, interest back with that one because it got like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It did really well, but they almost single-handedly killed the franchise by making too many of them. So, yeah, so? I'm with Michael Bay on this one. I feel yeah. like they just did the same movie over and over and over again. Uh, but it was it was just so fun to watch that oh, you I just could them. watch it. Like, you had to mail in your brain a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know what you're watching. Look, when I say they're bad, yeah, they're bad, but I love them. They're delightfully so bad. much fun. They're delightfully bad. Explosions and, and, like, the whole Chicago war thing in the third movie where that giant, where Shockwave has, like, the drill. It just eats half of Chicago. It looks amazing, and the jokes are really bad, but so bad it's good. So I'm definitely okay with them, but probably would have been a more solid franchise with just the three movies. How about I didn't even know there was four or even five? There are five, yeah. That, that's that's kind of wild. It's The yeah. Shift. I'm Shane Hewitt, Ryan O'Donnell, and Dr. Tim French joining us here on the program. Let's start this next Are You Okay with this Out of Context clip. Hey, I can fly. He can fly. He can fly. He can talk. <laughs> That's right, fool. Now I'm a flying talking donkey. You might have seen a house fly, maybe even a super fly, but I bet you ain't never seen a donkey fly. <laughs> Are you okay with... This is where you gotta hit the bed. He's gotta put the bed now. There we go. You have to understand, Dr. Tim like filled in last minute here. So he's this is his first time running through the program. Well done, Tim. Thanks for uh doing that. Are you okay with donkeys? Donkey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I swear Shrek was like my first exposure to donkeys as a child. Uh but yeah, they're uh they're cool. I, I really want to go to uh, Colombia, where my, my partner Laura is from, because you can just like see donkeys in like the coffee fields transporting the beans around. And I think mm -hmm. that'd be cool to see them kind of like d domesticated like that. But there's not many donkeys in Calgary. And, uh, what are you talking about? They're everywhere. I don't think I've ever seen a donkey in real life. Maybe at, like really? a zoo. Oh, dude, you yeah. come with me. I'd, like I see donkeys like every day, and I'm not even making yeah, but... a joke about anybody. I'm just saying, no. like <laughs> you, even at my at my dog kennel where Harlow goes when I travel, yeah. go to to Ottawa. Um, they have like three donkeys there. They're the Why cutest they little donkeys things. at a kennel. They are cute. They just have lots. Of, it's a, they live in an acreage. They have lots of animals. So oh, okay. That's Speaking fair. of which, I'm pretty sure my dog is a donkey too at times. So. Yeah, about the size of one at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, the noble steeds uh, have many uses of oh, those great donkeys. They're great for transporting stuff. They're great at being very, very cute. Their ears are so big. Uh, and they're great at defending your cows from wolves. Huh? Yes, a pack of guard donkeys <laughs> have been sent to northern Colorado to protect a herd of cows from wolves who knew it was such a thing a guard donkey wolves that were just reintroduced to the ecosystem too last year gray wolves killed three of don's herd in one month i've never lost that many this many animals in such a short period of time from any of the other 
well, any of the other predators. Any threat to the 180 head of cattle is impactful. Yeah, if it got bad enough, it'd be serious enough where I'd need to find something else to do. Gray wolves are protected as an endangered species, but Don has tried everything at his disposal to protect these cows. Most of the things that have been made by people, they only last for weeks, maybe a couple months. After that, the wolves get used to that. Earlier in March, Don got reinforcements. The donkeys. Good thing about these guys, too, is where they came from, it was is a bit colder. Colorado Parks and Wildlife helped Don get six donkeys from the Bureau of Land Management in Utah. The hope is that the donkeys will work as a type of a, you know, guard animal. He plans to give them a good home. We don't intend to have anything get injured by the wolves. I mean, you know, I don't, that's, that's not the intention is to sacrifice the donkeys for the cows. Guard burrows aren't a perfect plan. Just not running from the wolves would be, is a, is a bit of a help. But these brave brayers help make life at elevation a little more livable. Donkeys and the cows, at least right now, they, they get along with each other and that. So we'll see how they work. Now, donkeys. That's from Nine News, by the way. Every time we drive by a donkey, which is often, my daughter, Callie, says about my son, Carter, hey, look, it's Carter. <laughs> Every time we see one, it's really kind of, it's not very nice to Carter, but uh, anyway. Uh, according to a, another farmer in Minnesota, donkeys have greatly improved the lives of his cows in the sense that the cows aren't dead, which is an improvement. <laughs> Big one. <laughs> Chuck Beckler said that he lost livestock to wolves every year before he bought donkeys to his ranch, and now he only loses an animal every four or five years. Text comes in. It says, uh, uh, Donkeys are straight up badass. <laughs> See what I did there? They can kill a hyena. YouTube it. They're crazy. So do you think it's the kick? Because I like you know donkeys kick, but is that their defense mechanism, or is it that like is they're just taller than the wolves, or and they can just stomp on them? It's just crazy. I never would have think as a donkey is like an aggressive defense mechanism for a herd. Well, I know that a horse kick is violent, right? <laughs> Lethal. <laughs> Um, there was a, a situation at our barn where, um, a horse got into a, a fight and not into a fight, but a disagreement with another horse. And it was, I don't know, it was like four or 500 stitches Jeez. just from kicks. Right. And so like, it can be wildly violent. So I would imagine, I mean, they're, they're animals of prey typically, right? So they know how to defend themselves. It's really all they That's do true. is eat grass and defend themselves. So I would imagine that donkeys, because they're smaller, they probably move faster, like turn around quicker and can deal with them. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, they're pack-based animals. So I'd imagine that they protect each other. Cool. So Interesting. I had no Very idea, cool. though, that they were, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think the phrase guard donkey, I'm pretty sure you could make a t-shirt and sell that. Oh, totally. That's that's going to be my new username on all video games I play is just guard donkey. It's my new guard game today. Done deal. That's it. So if you're playing the video games and you see the guard donkey spawn in your room, it's right. Nice. No, you know. No, they bite and shake until the animal dies, says the text. Oh, I don't know. Good. How about that? Well, could be. I know that with my dog, the history of the Great Danes, which this one is different because right now she's actually gagging on her own foot because she can't get it out of her mouth. It's stuck in her cheek. But uh, she's not violent. But the reason why the Great Danes were so uh, important as guard dogs is because they were big enough to chase down a boar and kill it and shake it and return it. Um, that's why their ears were cropped hmm. was because then their ears wouldn't get torn off. That's what I read anyway. Oh, so, wow. you know, now it's just speaking of donkeys. This is, I mean, this dog is not that this is a dog that is literally choking on her own foot right now because <laughs> she can't get it out of her cheek. <laughs> do you need to, do you need to address that or like she'll, no, she's she'll okay. figure it out? I think, she, oh. I think she's got it. She'll be all oh, right. Good. Good. She's not like choking, choking. She's just like, no, I got like, you. I got stuck. you. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I'll probably make a video and publish it online because that's what we do today. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Let's get uh, let's get another story in here uh, here on the shift. It's are you okay with? There it is. Jazz. Are you okay with jazz? Smooth jazz, not rough jazz, but mm. smooth jazz. Yeah. Yeah. I like jazz. I saw a jazz concert for the first time in my life uh, last hmm. year, and it was amazing. 
Uh, it was modern jazz, like hip hop infused. They're called Bad, Bad, Not Good. Blew my mind. Uh, but it's cool yep. to see jazz live. See that improvisation it is. in music. It's, it's amazing. It's, jazz is amazing. It's so talented. We've got some music here to run over the uh, over the background. So let's hit that there, Tim. Um, so this story isn't new. It is going viral on TikTok again. Um, so we're going to use it as an excuse to share it with you again. John H. Benjamin is a voice actor known for his roles in Bob's Burgers and Archer. Did you know he released a jazz music album in 2015? Well, no. Oh, my. He played piano on this comedy album, and this is why it's fun. There's a little problem. Because he can't play the piano. See, this makes me feel like I'm out for dinner. You know, I'm downtown. I love it. The album was intentionally recorded to sound bad. Since the album's title indicates, Benjamin does not know how to play the piano, but he still does so on the album. And Benjamin has never liked jazz very much. Let's hit the clip. That is so, so good. Idea. So you don't have to be able to play the instrument if you want to. Uh, if you want to be on an album, just do it's it like called, that. Well, I should have learned the piano. Very good. The album also features actual jazz musicians, as you can tell by the rest of the artists that are on it. Scott Kreitzer plays the saxophone. David Fink plays the bass, and Jonathan Peretz plays drums. There, I love that. I think it's great. And the fact is that people buy into it, which makes it even better. I wonder if you do any concerts. <laughs> I don't know if you did concerts, but you could buy physical LPs of that. Like there's, really? if you want to buy a vinyl of that album, it's a hundred bucks on Discogs right now. A hundred bucks. It. I'm considering it. Can you imagine like Man. having friends over and just putting on, I got a great backing track and don't tell them anything about the album. Don't tell them it's bad and just put it on and try to convince them that it's like a work of modern art. It's beautiful. It's a great idea. I do love jazz, though. It's a lot of fun. I used to be in jazz band in high school. I missed that part. I did reconsider because my son played my uh, alto sax and my daughter played my alto sax. Cool. And my nephew played my alto sax through school. And I've been sort of tempted. I've been thinking, yeah, maybe that'd be fun to play music again. I played tenor. Never we, very could good. Do it, uh, we could do a little hey. back and forth, alto and tenor. Yeah. Let's do it. I actually, yeah, I played more tenor than I did um, alto. I just had an alto. And... um yeah, I don't know. I like it. I, I think it's maybe a great thing. You know, good for you. They say it's good for your mental health, too. So thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and CuriousCast.ca.